0: every big thing starts small it's a natural law every big multinational corporation was once a small business welcome to the small starter business podcast a unique podcast for practical tips and advice to help you start grow or turn around your business Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of the Small Starter Business Podcast. This episode is a continuation of the very last episode where I talked about how to really know if your business idea can make money. So just to recap, from the very last episode, I talked about the two big factors that determine if a business idea has weight, has potential or can make money. Um, The two big factors are the external factor, which is also the market factor, which is usually a gap or opportunity in the market. This is the more important factor, and uh, that's exactly what I discussed in the very last episode. The second factor is the internal factor, is the execution factor. It's your ability to exploit the market opportunity. So I used an analogy in the last episode. I said, you know, it doesn't matter how good you are at at um, water fetching or how muscular you are. If there is no water in the well, then it doesn't make any sense. So what makes sense is that we find out first that there is water in the well before we then look at how you can extract that water. So in the last episode, I talked about the external factors. In, in this episode, I'm going to be talking about the execution factor, the internal factor that determines if you're able to exploit an opportunity in, in the marketplace. And then I, I made an analogy. I said, you know, you 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 can ha- you can have a good market opportunity, but then when you have bad execution, you still cannot even um, exploit the market opportunity. So in this episode, I'll be looking at the internal factors, the execution factor, the U factor that makes the difference. Because you can have two different entrepreneurs Looking at the same market opportunity, the guy or lady who wins at the end of the day is a person who has superior execution. And you know, when people talk about execution, sometimes um, it's difficult. It's difficult to really understand what execution means. But in this episode, I'm going to I'm going to um, to be discussing and explaining the six core pillars of execution. These are the criteria that you need to you need to satisfy before you can be sure that you have the um, more or less the execution potential to exploit a market um, opportunity. So, I'll start with the very first of the six criteria. The very first of the six criteria is market knowledge. So, how well do you know the market you're about to enter? How well do you know the potential customers you want to target? How well do you know the problems of the potential customers, their needs, their wants? So, and you know, it's not just about your potential customers. You also need to understand who the other players are. In my experience, I noticed that um, entrepreneurs, especially new ones, tend to underestimate the power of the competition. They tend to write them off or ignore them or just say there's nobody else who is doing this. They ignore the direct competition and even the indirect competition. And there are other factors too you need to look at. Who are the suppliers in the market? Who are the potential distributors in the market? These are very important because if you're going to create something, every business relies on another business. So who are the potential suppliers? What kind of access do you have to them? How much power do those suppliers have in the market? You know, and then also distributors. You might have the kind of business where you need to rely on a chain of distribution to get your products to the end consumer. So do you have access to the distribution network? These are things you need to take, uh, these are things you need to take into account. Another important player in every market is the regulator. You know, and these are the guys who operate behind the scenes that can actually shut you down. So maybe you might require a license to get into the market or a permit or a registration or something. But you need to have market knowledge. That is one thing you cannot discount. It's either you have the direct experience yourself or you're doing some market research or you partner with somebody who has the market knowledge and experience or you employ a knowledgeable person but the biggest mistake you can make is to walk into a market that you do not understand, and you know there's this interesting thing about markets, no matter how much research you do, there are always things within the markets that you will not really understand unless you've been there yourself, which is why experience is usually important. and then if you don't have the experience, you're going to pay somehow because experience takes time, um, some experience can require it might cost you something. so the more experience you have in the market, the more market knowledge you have. The more likely it is that you that your execution is going to be solid, so you cannot compare an experienced entrepreneur to another entrepreneur who has no experience in the market. It doesn't matter if you're going into the software market or manufacturing or agribusiness every market, every industry has its own um, has its own issues and challenges and secrets and things like that. so the more you know about a market, the better for you. The second criteria of six that determines the execution factor is your skills. Now, there are two types of skills. There's the technical skills and there's the business skills. You need these two skills to successfully exploit a market opportunity. Now, technical skills, what exactly does it mean? The technical skill is the ability to make or deliver or support the product that you plan to sell. So, if you're in the software business, technical skill will be programming skills. You know, if you are in the agribusiness, Uh, space. You need to understand things about animals and plants, whatever it is that you're going into. The technical aspect of the business. Every business has a technical side. If you are going into manufacturing, you need to understand the intricacies of machines and then what it takes to produce what you're going to sell. If you are in tech, you know, or even the creative or artistic um, businesses, you need to have that technical capability because being good at business is not enough you need to be able to create what you're going to sell or produce what you're going to sell it's like somebody who wants to start a restaurant business but doesn't understand the technical side of the restaurant business, which essentially is food. How do you source food, fresh food? How do you prepare it in a way that um, clients want, uh, love it enough to pay for it and then come back for more? So every business has a technical side. Then there's also the business skill. So sometimes I meet people who are very technical, but are lacking the business side, the, the business skills. And very often, too, you see people who have business skills but lack the technical skills. Now, the business skill is the commercial ability to run and grow a business. That's in itself, it's a skill. And it's a skill made up of other sub skills like marketing skills, sales skills, finance skills. You need to understand numbers to know if what you're selling is turning a profit and to know if your business is running like a proper you know going concern and things like that you need management skills there are leadership skills handling people all of all these things are business skills all those things you need to run an enterprise and grow a business are business skills and these are the two core skills you need to exploit a market opportunity now it so happens that sometimes there are people who have technical skills, but they don't have the business skills. So they are very technical people. They are good. It's either they are engineers or they are doctors or lawyers or they have some some form of education or experience or certification in the technical side, but they lack the business skills. And then there are people who have business skills. They've been doing business since they were young people. They've done all kinds of business. They are very they are very savvy. You know, they they like, they like sales, they like marketing, they are good with numbers, they are good with people, they like to cut deals, they like to negotiate, you know, things like that. There are people who have those skills, but then they don't have the technical side skills. So these are areas where you need to look at it and then ask yourself, which of the skills are you lacking? And then whichever you're lacking, you need to start considering, do you partner with somebody? Do you get a co-founder on board? Do you get that person on board as an employee? Do you hire somebody who has the experience that you lack, you know, to make up for it. But I notice that a business is very likely going to suffer if you either lack the technical side or the business side. Both of them are very important. The third pillar, the third criterion of six that you need to consider that would determine how, how good your execution ability will be is capital. Now. Your ability to raise funds may affect your ability to exploit the market opportunity. And this is because some market opportunities may be capital intensive to exploit. For example, if you're going into the mining industry, that is capital intensive. You're going into pharmaceuticals, it's capital intensive healthcare, capital-intensive, manufacturing, you need to buy equipment and things like that, capital-intensive. So there the kind of business opportunity you're looking at may be one that requires a lot of capital to get started. There are some other kinds of business opportunities that don't require a lot of capital. Things like training, consulting, education, you know, it all depends, um, tech businesses, businesses that are run over the internet that have very low overhead. So it's important that you also, um, Realize that the kind of market opportunity you're looking at will determine the amount of capital you may, you may need. So, and typically, you know, capital in itself does not exploit the market opportunity. It's what you're going to do with the capital that, that's actually necessary. And there are two ways you would need to spend capital in terms of buying the things that you need to run the business and spending money to run the business because when we say capital it's not as if you have capital and then you have a successful business you actually have to deploy the capital you have to spend the money buy equipment hire people run the business pay suppliers you know things like that so and there are typically two types of spending there's the capital expenditure Which is the kind of thing you spend on land, buildings, vehicles, and then there's the operating expenditure. Things like this is the kind of expenditure you spend on things like salary, your rent, utilities, and things like that. So, some businesses are capex heavy, capital expenditure heavy. It means you need to spend money on things that are going to that are long term in nature, like equipment, like land, like buildings, computers, and things like that. And then some other businesses are very light on the capital um, uh, um, expenditure side. So what it means is that you don't need a lot of upfront capital to exploit the market opportunity. But you need some working capital, which is typically what takes care of your operating expenses. And then the interesting thing here is that some people, many people actually do not start, do not actually exploit a market opportunity because they they don't have capital. That's a very common excuse. I don't have the funds, I don't have the capital. I'm seeing this market opportunity, but then I cannot exploit it because I don't have the capital. So it's a very common excuse. And the reason I call it an excuse is it may sound like a very valid reason for anybody that, you know, I don't have the capital, but I there's this market opportunity I want to exploit. But the thing is that fundraising, the ability to attract funds is a skill set in itself. It's a skill that an entrepreneur should have. The ability to present the idea that you have or the vision that you have before somebody and be able to persuade them to give you capital to deploy in your business is a skill. So, not every entrepreneur you see had the money they required before they actually started a business. But the, the the fundraising skill is very important because you are able to draw people in, they see what you're seeing, you make them see the opportunity that you see, and then you invite them to be part of, you know, this thing. So most entrepreneurs that you see that are doing big things. Many of them didn't really have all the capital when they were starting, but they were able to convince people who came in as co-founders, who came in as investors and you know things like that. So it's very important that you, you, you keep that um, in mind. And the thing about raising funds is that it's an ongoing requirement. You are very likely going to need funds at the beginning of, of your journey as you're starting the business. As you start the business, you now realize that your business actually needs money to stay alive and you need to keep raising money during the startup stage. And then even when you think, when you leave the startup stage, you realize that your business needs more money to grow and expand. So when you want to grow your business or you want to expand, you need more capital. So fundraising really never... Never ends. You you might escape it when you are starting, but you might require capital um, down the road. So it all depends really on on what you're doing. And capital, the fundraising part is so critical that I had to. I have two key resources that are targeted at filling that gap. The, the first is the uh, the roadmap program. So the roadmap program is a dedicated program inside the insiders uh, program that that takes people from where they are to the point where they are investment ready. Because the, the, the thing there is people people just think that they, they need to um, find an investor who is willing to invest in, in, in you. But nobody's just going to give you money. You need to do your homework first. You need to package yourself You need to be able to persuade. You need to be able to intelligently answer the questions that people are going to be asking you. When you're asking somebody to invest their money in your business, especially when you're asking them to invest it as equity, which is risky, you better be be good enough to respond to all the concerns that, that they have. And this is a skill. So that is why we have the dedicated roadmap program to address that. And then I also wrote a book um, called Jackpot. So, Jackpot is a book that's totally focused on the issue of fundraising. It's you know, exposes many of the key sources of, of funds in today's world that a lot of people are not paying attention to. Most people just look at banks and that's all. But Jackpot covers 15 different sources of raising capital, many of which a lot of people are not looking at. And in this day and age, There are interesting and creative ways of raising funding that's out there. So, if you want to learn more about it, you can check out the book Jackpot. Or if you're a member of our Insiders Program, the Roadmap Program course is contained inside the course area. You can um, avail yourself of that interesting opportunity. But fundraising, um, the lack of capital is actually an excuse. And it's an excuse because you don't have the skill to raise money. People who have the skill to raise money are not held back by a lack of capital. They are able to articulate their points and then they're able to convince people. But like I said, it's a skill and you can learn that that skill. That's why I created these resources. The fourth um, important uh, pillar, the fourth criterion is time. Now, this is particularly important for people who are transitioning from a full-time job into entrepreneurship or people who are part-time entrepreneurs that you have a side hustle or a side business now time is important because the early days of a business requires time and attention a business is like every young thing whether it's a a baby a small a small child um, you know whatever when things are in their small early days they are very vulnerable and A business is no different so when a business is small it requires your time and your attention and like i said this is an important factor especially when you're starting the business and you're not there full time or you run multiple businesses you're one of these people who are who say themselves as serial entrepreneurs. Now, I don't have any issue with serial entrepreneurs, but the, the challenge there is that it's difficult to juggle different balls, ex- except you're really good at mobilizing people, getting building teams of people who are able to work um, for you, but that too has its own challenges. Now, there are two reasons why time is important when it comes to building, exploiting a market opportunity. The first is you need to build the foundation. The, the things that can go wrong, essentially go wrong early on as you exploit a market opportunity or try to build a business. So that foundation is important because the tone you set and the kind of foundation you build may set the entire journey of the business going forward. The second reason why time is important is that it helps you to understand the performance baseline of the business. So for example, if you, have, if you were there in the early days and you've seen the way sales coming into your business. By the time you start to hire people, you already have an idea of the performance of your business in terms of what your gross margins look like, what your operating profits look like, what your costs look like. So that when you hire people and then maybe something starts to go wrong, you initially, you instantly get the signal because you know what the baseline is. And then when things start to go off, off track, you can easily spot it. You know, and so that's why it's good to be there in the beginning. You need to make out time. But like I said, not every business, not every kind of entrepreneur, um, may, may have the time to invest in the business. And then not every business may, may be, um, time intensive. Some businesses you can run, you know, more or less remotely or maybe over the weekends or in your, during the evenings and things like that, especially if they are virtual businesses. Um, so that's important time. The fifth, um, criterion of six is access to resources and relationships. Now, the truth is that no matter how much capital you raise, there are just some things that money cannot buy, you know? Relationships are very important and same as um, access to resources. In fact, if you have access to resources, you can save capital. And by resources, I mean things like physical resources like land, office space, equipment, vehicles, things like that. Human resources are also another critical part. There are people that you may not be able to afford to pay a salary, but if you have the right relationships, you can actually get that person to come work for you. That's another important area where, where, where this can come in. Even things like intellectual property, there are lots of things, access to suppliers, you know? That is something that a relationship can do for you. Relationships can give you strategic advantages that can make your business more likely to succeed. So, relationships with, with key suppliers or distributors or even with investors, you know, somebody can make an introduction to a potential investor who can invest. Most things around the world these days run around relationships. Now, you may have the relationships yourself but if you don't have this relationship, what can you do? You can you can get a partner on board. So, you're trying to build the business and then you know that you need relationships. But then you have you find somebody who has contacts in the industry. Maybe the person has worked for a competitor before. So, they, they know they have access to the regulators, the suppliers. They know the key players in the market. So, that kind of person is a major asset for your business. They might not be bringing in capital into your business you know, but the relationships they are coming with alone is worth their value in capital, in gold. So, when there are different things people can bring to the table. They can bring capital, they can bring resources, they can bring relationships. So, you you need to keep your mind open because there are just some things that money cannot buy. So, when you're trying to exploit a market opportunity, when it comes to execution, always think in terms of resources and relationships. And if you really think about it, the capital you're trying to raise going to use that capital to acquire resources maybe you need capital to buy land or buy equipment or buy vehicles and stuff like that but if you have access to somebody who can contribute these resources what it means is that you don't need that capital so, that's you need to be thinking in terms of resources and relationships. So, access is very important. So, there are, five, um, there are five criteria I've discussed so far. Just to recap, before I talk about the sixth one, which is very important, the first is market knowledge. It doesn't make sense to go into a market you do not understand. You're going to be surprised and then your lack of experience is going to cost you. Um, The second is skills and I mentioned there are two critical skills that you need to exploit a market opportunity You need the technical skills and the business skills Anyone you don't have, you can find a partner, you can employ somebody or get somebody on board to work with you but definitely you need the technical skills to cover the technical side Every business has a, every market opportunity has a technical side It doesn't matter if it is mining, pharmaceuticals, everything has a technical side Then also every business requires a business side and there are important skills, marketing skills, finance, handling people, and things like that. The third um, pillar, the third criterion is capital. Like I mentioned, some business opportunities, some market opportunities may require uh, capital. They may be more capital intensive than others, so it's important to keep this in mind. Time is the, is the fourth one I mentioned. Some Most businesses need time in the beginning for you to understand the business, build the right foundation and understand the performance baseline of the business. And then I talked about access to resources and relationships. They are very key. Relationships and access to resources and relationships can save you a lot of capital if you have them. And then they can also give you strategic advantages that money sometimes cannot buy. So that's why it's important. The sixth important factor I need to talk about here is hunger. Hunger, very, very important because sometimes you see people who have, they have all the capital they need, but then the business still crashes. You see somebody who is very educated, has the business skills or has the technical skills, and then the, the, the business still crashes. You see you see a business that has a formidable team, you know, that has the market experience and things like that, but then the business still crashes. And then, when i see these things from time to time i just notice that there are some people who who don't have a, who don't have as much resources they don't have as much capital they may not be as well educated but then they still succeed and then i've come to find that the missing factor is hunger motivation the kind of mindset that you have in fact in my opinion it's the mindset that makes or breaks the entrepreneur because The kind of mindset you have is what will determine how you perform in times of crisis, when you encounter setbacks, when you encounter failure. How you respond to these things can make the difference. So it's not about education. It's not about how much money you have in the bank to support the business opportunity. Is it? It's how hungry are you for this thing? How motivated are you for this? And the there are about four common issues, you know, I notice when it comes to motivation, when it comes to the mindset, because the mindset is critical. The first is fear. So fear is very common. If starting a business or exploiting a market opportunity were easy, then everybody would be a millionaire. But there is always a fear of many things. There's a fear of loss. There's a fear of potential failure because the failure rate of starting businesses is quite high. So those people who do not respond well to fear, just have their ideas. They just see the market opportunity, but they don't do anything. So essentially what it means here is that, you know, the only way to counter fear is courage. Courageous people do not lack fear. It's just that they have fear, but they still go ahead. So essentially the way I see fear sometimes is, if what you want, if you're more afraid of what could go wrong, than you're excited about what could go right, then you're never going to start. So fear will always be there. The second issue is procrastination, which is very common. I'm going to do it tomorrow. I'm going to do it next year. I'm not yet ready now. I'm going to do it later, 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 later. Then sometime down the road, you notice that somebody else has done it. And then you say, oh, I was actually the first person who thought about this business opportunity. Nobody cares about who thought about it first or who saw it first. The market celebrates and rewards the person who exploits the opportunity. So nobody cares when you had the idea, how excited you were about the idea, what you thought about the idea, how many business plans you you wrote about the idea. It's the person who exploits the opportunity, the person who takes action and perseveres. That's the person who wins the prize. The third uh, common issue when it comes to mindset is perfection. You want to start, you know, you want, all your, you want all your chips to be arranged. You want to raise enough capital. You want to have the right relationships. You want to be ready. You know, there's no time to be ready. And as you keep waiting, the market is always changing. The gap you're looking at in the market may keep closing or somebody else can come and take up that opportunity. So there will never be any perfect time. So when you see a market opportunity, there is just a minimum you need to do to get started and then you build from there. So an analogy that I I think the first time I heard it was from Reid Hoffman, the um, founder of LinkedIn. So he, he, he makes this analogy that starting a business is like jumping off a cliff and then assembling the parachutes on your way down. That's exactly sometimes how it is. And it's very terrifying. Only a crazy person will jump off a cliff without having the parachute ready. But sometimes that's what it feels like. You have this conviction in you. You have this fear that this is going to work. And then you take your chance anyway. You don't wait to build the perfect parachute or to build the perfect glider or to, you know, make sure that everything is safe before you do it. People who wait until all their signals are green and aligned, never take action. Because guess what? Life never waits for you. Life just continues. So it's only those people who can go in with the flow, with life, who are able to exploit these opportunities. Then the the, the next common issue I see is the attitude to setbacks and failure. So you, you see a market opportunity, you try to exploit it, and then you are burned, you lose money, you lose face, you're embarrassed, you know, you failed. A lot of people take failure very, um, you know, badly. I, I used to have that a lot because, you know, coming to, especially if you're the kind of person who did very well in school, you know, you're not accustomed to failure and you take failure very personally. You see failure as an indictment on who you are, on your value as a person. I know had to struggle with that because Academic academic success and business success are totally different. In business, you have to fail several different times. It's just part of it. It's not personal. It's just the way the thing is. If you've not done something before, you it makes sense that you fail. You know, you've not done it before, so it makes sense that you fail until you figure it out. Academic success, you can prepare for the exams. You can look at past question papers. More or less, you can predict the outcome if you are a, if you are a scholarly person or if you're a studious person. So, in terms of academic performance, I always had consistent sterling academic performance because I I I love exams. I've always loved examinations. I look forward to the the thrill, the suspense, the surprise, and everything. And then most times I come out on top. But then when i got into business it wasn't the same thing you cannot prepare for business outcomes no matter how sharp you are you know so the failures are there to teach you and for me it was a different mindset uh, shift so most times people encounter failure they encounter um, setbacks they take it personally and then they stop trying if you're serious about exploiting a market opportunity or growing in business you need to you need to be able to persist you need to be able to have patience And you just look at, you know, what has failed, learn your lessons and then try again. That's exactly how it works here. So in this, um, to recap, in this episode, I've focused on the internal factor that determines how, that that determines, you know, how well um, a market opportunity can be exploited. That tells you if you can really make money from a business idea. And in this episode, I focused on the internal factor, the execution factor the you factor like i said everybody can see market opportunities but not everybody can exploit them because to exploit them you need proper execution so in the first in the previous episode i looked at how you can identify solid market opportunities to know which ones can really make money but then it doesn't matter how juicy those opportunities are if you do not have these six factors i described now just to run through them again the first is market knowledge If you're going into a market, you do not understand you're looking for trouble. You're going to be burned before you actually make it in that market. The second is skills. Every business, every market opportunity requires technical skills and business skills to exploit the market opportunity. Understand which one you lack and then see how you can make up for the one, for that one that you lack. The third is capital. Some market opportunities are capital intensive. You need to figure out, you need to, if, if you need capital, and you're making an excuse, you need to realize that that's not really how it works. Fundraising is a skill. Not everybody who wants to start a business has the money for it. But if you have the skill to convince people who have the money to give you money, then essentially you get what you're looking for. And fundraising is a skill, and I mentioned that uh, that's the reason why I created two specific resources. The first is the roadmap program, which is inside our insiders program. I'll tell you a bit about that later. And then the second is jackpot. Uh, the book I wrote. So, jackpot is at smallstarter.com slash jackpot, smallstarter.com slash jackpot. That's where you can check out jackpot. So, lack of capital is just an excuse. If you do not have the capital, there are people who have the capital that will give it to you, but you need to have the skill to understand how to raise money. That one is a skill on its own. The other thing you need to consider is time if you are running a business part-time or you are a serial entrepreneur or you are starting a business from scratch in the early days a business is delicate like every other thing in the early early, early days of its life a business is delicate it's important that you stay close enough to build the right foundations and under the, the, the right foundation and understand the performance baseline of the business before you start to hand it off to people employees or lieutenants The fifth factor is access to resources and relationships. There are some things that money cannot buy, but the right access to the right resources and relationships can give you strategic advantages that money cannot buy. And it's important, and then they can also save you capital because if you have the resources or if you have access to the resources or the relationships that can help you get something you would have paid for, then you're getting a very juicy deal that way. But then even after you have these five factors, if you do not have the hunger to persevere and to persist and be patient with yourself, you are still not going to exploit the market opportunity. There are very educated people, there are very funded people who go at a business opportunity and fail. And that's because they're not hungry enough. You you know, they they face their first setback or failure and then they, they give up. That's not really how it works. Failure somehow is essential to success in business. Failure is essential to success in business because that's how you learn and then improve yourself and then grow. So, at this point in this episode, there are four important things I need you to consider. The very first one is to join the Insiders Programme. So the Insiders Programme is where I work directly with a group of entrepreneurs who are building businesses within and outside the African continent. And then that is where we discuss the major issues, the strategic issues, the daily issues that you need to solve. So make no mistake about it. Entrepreneurship is the business of solving problems. Every single day you show up, it could be one problem or the other. It could be a customer problem. It could be an employee problem. It could be a problem with investors or whatever. So there is no one course that you take that solves all of it for you. That is why I created the Insiders Community so that all of us can, you know, feed off ourselves, feed off our experiences, help one another, and then get advanced training, quality coaching, and um, access to strategic resources. So to learn more about the Insiders Program, head over to smallstarter.com slash insiders. Again, it is smallstarter.com slash insiders. The second of four things I need you to consider is to tell your friends about this podcast. A lot of people have exciting business ideas, but then they're not able to do anything about it because access to information in this day and age, sometimes, especially of this quality, can be difficult to find. And our school systems are really not helping us build entrepreneurs. If you really look at it, our school systems are just raising potential employees. But if you're the kind of person who feels that there is a market opportunity you have seen, and you're passionate about it, you know this podcast can really help. So you're getting this information for free. I think you have an obligation, a moral obligation, to share the to share this with other people, your friends, colleagues, any smart person out there. You know who is entrepreneurial or is thinking of going into business, whether they are starting or or growing their business, this podcast will be very beneficial. The third of four things I need you to consider is to subscribe to this podcast if this is the first time you're listening to it and then leave a five-star review. So if you love the podcast, if you love the content, the information you're getting here, leave us a five-star review. So a five-star review is not just good for bragging rights or for my ego, although that will help. Well, what a five-star review does is that it makes it easy for um, new people who are looking for business podcasts in the podcast directories to easily find us. So a five-star review makes it easy for other people who are looking for um, a, a business for podcasts, especially with an African focus, to, to find us. And then the fourth thing I... I, I would ask of you is to have your say. So if you have a question in your mind about something I said or something I did not say, but you think it will be of interest to you, I can feature your question on the podcast um on the, on the future edition, on the future episode of the podcast to address your question. So, because I cannot address individual questions, there, there are thousands of people who listen to this podcast. I cannot respond to everybody's inquiry, but I can use one very good question as a basis to enlighten a lot of other people. Because from what I see, a lot of people ask very similar questions. So, if your question is interesting enough, I... I could, just feature it on, I could just feature it on this podcast. So this brings us to the end of this two-part series on um, how to really know if a business idea can make money. I'm hoping that by the time you listen to the, the part one, the previous episode, before this one, and then this episode, you should instantly know if what you're looking at is an opportunity that makes sense or something you should just um, abandon and look for something else. I can't wait to um, talk to you in the very next episode. Take care of yourself. Cheers. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Small Starter Business Podcast. To take our free business courses or join one of our signature programs for special entrepreneurs like you, head over to smallstarter.com to join our private community. See you inside.